Hello, and welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. If you don't want a cookie-cutter, generic home, and instead you want a beautiful, meaningful home that's layered with personality, then you are going to be so inspired by the conversations we have on this show. We talk about why the environments we create matter and how to set up our rooms to evoke specific feelings and experiences that are right for you wherever you are in your life right now. I'm Zandra, your host and creator of the Slow Style Home Framework that teaches you how to make really thoughtful and informed decisions about your home rather than chasing current trends that may not last or staying stuck with rooms you hate, feeling overwhelmed with too many choices. Right now, when you join our monthly membership, the Slow Style Society, you'll get a personalized deep dive into your vision of what a dream home looks and feels like. And together, we'll come up with a plan on how to achieve that. If that sounds pretty awesome to you, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society for all of the details. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later on. Right now, let's just jump into today's episode. Hey there, are you ready? Are you ready? Because today is the day when you start figuring out how to create a home you love. Right now, with what you already have and in the home you are currently living in. I'm Zandra, your host of the Style Matters podcast, brought to you by Little Yellow Couch. And listen, I truly believe that you shouldn't put off living inside something beautiful and energizing and nurturing for some kind of imaginary perfect life that is somewhere in the future. You need those things right now. So for this show, we talk about how to create a home that feels meaningful and works beautifully. If you're listening because you're overwhelmed by conflicting advice and too many choices, or you're listening because you've never felt very creative when it comes to decor, or maybe you're here because you're just as obsessed with design as I am and you can't wait to dig into creating that beautiful home, welcome. This community of listeners is your people. You found us, and I am so glad you're here. Today, I'm talking with Andrew Suvalski. I told him he was my new favorite designer, and I don't say that lightly. His work is right up my aesthetic alley. He leans toward maximalism, but he does know when to pull back. And he's what I call a master of the mix, by which I mean he can take random, seemingly disconnected things and pull them together in a way that's completely unexpected, but also beautifully in communication with each other. I'm talking colors, patterns, eras, styles, materials, and it doesn't look like a big mess or a high-end thrift store gone crazy. If you want to learn how to do this in your own home, I want you to study Andrew's work. Really look at each room and think about why his compositions work. And you can hop on over to this week's episode's show notes page on our website at littleyellowcouch.com to start looking at his photos. Here's Andrew. Andrew Savalski, welcome to the Style Matters podcast. We were talking right before we started, and I was telling you, I think you're my new favorite designer. I, I, I am so excited 
to share what you're doing. It is incredibly creative. And I really like talking with people who put things together in unexpected ways. And you are clearly the master at that. So welcome to the show. Well, first of all, two thank yous. Thank you for having me and hosting me. And I'm very excited to be here and talk about lots of fun things. And thank you for such warm, um, really very complimentary things about my work and and even (laughs) some of the specifics you've said. I'm glad that that's how you see it and that it resonates for you because, um, you know, the creative process is what makes what I do fun and not just work. It's nice. It's nice to make something pretty. It's nice to be appreciated, but it sounds like you, you really enjoy the details the way I do. So that's going to be exciting to talk about. Oh, it's all about the details. And, and I want to know, how did you, how did you first get clued into that? I mean, when you were a kid, was it later? When did you become obsessed? Because I think you probably are obsessed with design and what it can do for us. Yeah, that like spot on the way you pose the question. I mean, first of all, I guess my obsession really did start at a very young age before I was aware of anything to do with design as a thing. Mm-hmm. I had proclivities. I had like, an, you know, first of all, I, I, I always like to let people know that I'm a trained architect first. Oh. And the reason that matters isn't because I wanted to say, oh, like, I, you know, this versus that. It's just, I think that's where I started. I used to love to build. Build, okay. build, build. Like I, the earliest ages I can remember, I, you know, I was I gravitated towards Lincoln Logs, erector <laughs> sets, and, and, and Legos. That was it. And, yeah. and before that, and I and this is a real story, I like one of my very oldest memories. I remember sitting outside and there used to be these wood chips. There were like decorative wood chips around the tree. I would take those little wood chips and I'd start building little... <laughs> I think subdivisions or something. I don't know. Subdivisions. I didn't know what subdivisions. Yeah, I don't know what the subdivision was, but I definitely knew what little buildings were, and I would organize them. I just I had this need to to build or to or, and 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 then I progressed once I got pencil to paper. I used to love house plans. Like I was oh. obsessed, ab- absolutely obsessed with house plans. I used to go. I'm old enough to say that I would go to the the, the library, um, and I would go to these magazines, vintage house plans for sale. So I used to like try to imitate house plans, you know, and I loved the house on as a kid. Like I'd make my parents take me up and down the streets with the big fancy houses, old mansions. So the the desire and interest was there kind of just from the beginning. So I Mm -hmm. went to architecture school, you know, if I went into architecture school for my graduate, I had no idea of interior design per se as like a, as a profession architecture. I understood it was like a, you know, that's what somebody has to design the building. I really, really wanted to move to New York very badly. Okay. And I was like hungry, really hungry. By then I'd already kind of decided I didn't want to be an architect, um, at least in a traditional sense. Yeah. I mean, mm. all that, all the, that. And I, and I remember by the way, hearing that architects start out of, out of school then started at the lowest pay level of um, all the people that I was graduating from <laughs> right. college. So I'm like, I'm not doing that. So right. I didn't, but I didn't, I, I didn't have a good plan B. I just knew I wanted to get to New York. I knew I wanted to be, find my way in a more creative capacity. And, and then, then, then that's where divine intervention stepped in. I, I ended up getting a job with one of the top interior designers um, of then and still to this day, I believe he still is. Um, and his name is Benjamin Noriega Ortiz. Yes. Um, I had a job with him as a personal assistant. He offered me a, a position um, and I didn't know what a personal assistant was, right. by the way, but I said, I really, I really didn't. Right, right. Uh, but I, I, I said, I'll take the job. He, he didn't hire me as a designer because I was not qualified, so to speak. I mean, he looked at my portfolio. He's like, oh, you have a nice 
out of college portfolio, but you have no work experience leading up to the job that he was looking to fulfill. But we hit it off and he offered me uh, this, this position as his personal assistant. And I, and it was, and, and I got there and I was just, I got to tell you, I was like within moments, I felt like really at home. Wow. And it was like, he both had a lot of things aligned. I mean, he was great for me personality wise. He understood. He was nice. He was, he was nurturing, started giving me responsibilities beyond the personal assistant position. And I stepped into it and I guess I'd say, stop. I'll stop myself there and say the rest is history. So um, yeah, he sounds amazing. Yes. And also I I think that uh, I understand what you mean by it was a fluke or divine intervention but the fact that you you were willing to just put yourself in a position where you, you know you you knew you wanted to do something creative, so you're, you're just kind of putting yourself in a position where at least you could be around creativity. And I I think that that's that's something that um, young people don't necessarily understand. You know, they're so literal thinking like I've I've got to uh, I've got to do. XYZ because I went to school for ABC and and there's the, you know, they think, they think it's just such a straight line to connect those dots. And for a lot of us, it's, it's more like a crazy squiggly line to get to our path. Um, Definitely. Well, I, I agree yeah. with that. I wholeheartedly agree with that. That was scrappy and I still yeah. like, think I still am. And so to whomever is on that path or any path, just be, be curious be hungry and be willing to say yes a lot more than no is what I would say. Oh, those are, I got to write those down. I'm going to pass them right along to my son. (laughs) Yes, Um, I agree. There's so much I want to talk with you about. Um, And I was very disciplined in narrowing down my questions to, to basically, I want to kind of look into three different projects you've done. And, but honestly, I cannot wait for people to see photos on our show notes page from your work um, but we have a limited amount of time. So okay. I, I've been disciplined, but Thank before you. we even get into those three, those three projects, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if just sort of broad strokes, if you could share your thought process, mixing, how do you mix things together? Like I said, at the very beginning, that, that is, that is your, you know, that, that is your sweet spot. Do you have, do you always start with a color palette? Do you always start with a piece of art or, or, you know, a scene from a movie? How do you I'll, do it? I'll tell you what I start with, okay. where I, how I get from one step stage to the next. The, fir- the very first thing I want to do is draw the plan. I just okay. draw the plan. I want to organize the space. Mm. That, that's what's really happens for me is I want to organize the space, figure out all the places that, you know, you can add what you need and add what's better to make the space better. Mm, um, mm. I'm, I'm going to reference Benjamin again, um, because he, something that always resonated with me, he said, um, good decorating can hide a lot of bad architecture. <laughs> I always think, okay, you get this space. How do I get it to the highest architectural level without rebuilding the space completely? Sometimes we do rebuild the space, but there's something about the space that you're still stuck with. If it's an apartment, you're stuck with the exterior walls. <clears throat> Right. You're stuck with stuck with plumbing stacks and, you know, toilet locations that you probably can't move because it's in a high rise. So right. those I can't change. But how much can I change? So and then if the more limited that the, the changing of the physical is like if I'm not going to really move walls, even then I can mm-hmm. still do a lot with decorating to make the space flow better, um, feel taller, feel feel wider, feel brighter. You know, there's mm. a lot I can do there. So I 
I kind of start with that. I'm already thinking about the parties that are going to happen there and where people Ah. are going to be conversing, where they're going to be, you know, hanging out, depending on the size of the room. Could there be a few different places or moments to hang out in a room and and legitimately have a different experience? So the furniture layout layout really gives me that opportunity. So that's where I'd say I start, which says nothing about the look or the style or the color yet. It does. That comes. That comes next. But the furniture, uh, furniture arrangement it plays such a huge role in how we experience a space, how we flow through it, how we interact with one another. I think. And and Definitely. as you're talking, one one room of yours comes to mind, and it, it's the one in Bronxville, and and it's a living room that is rather large. And there's a there's a fireplace that sort of demands you think of it as a focal point. And then there's this mm-hmm. huge opening and uh, there's at least one window and then there's Me a too. small yeah. opening. OK. And, and you know, I, I think people without your, your training would struggle with how do I set this up? And they might try to force it to be one sitting area, which would be huge and it, it yeah. wouldn't be comfortable. You've got three distinct areas in that one room. And I, I think that's what you're referring to. You probably had yeah, to figure that sure. out first. Yeah, I did. I did. So the, you know, to me, every design challenge, I mean, like sometimes you get a living room and it's like, wait a minute, there are no walls. I mean, there's <laughs> walls, but the walls are all taken up with a window or a fireplace. Yes. Yes. Uh, to tell you the truth, my own living room is a little bit like that. And uh, we'll get to that later. Um, but so the more challenging, the more I'll like, kind of, the more I have to struggle with a good layout, the more I know that like, there's something there. It's got to dig deeper, dig deeper. There is an answer. There is a solution. So like in that case, in that living room, it is pretty large. There's windows on both ends. The fireplace is not centered directly. Right. It's slightly (laughs) off center. So, uh, you know, the fireplace always presents a major focal point, but it's not the only focal point. When you're in a room, if you focus on the fireplace, that's great. But that doesn't mean that's the only thing the off room has to offer you. Mm. Um, So, you know, and also the bigger the room, means more people potentially can fit there, but you're not going to put 12 people in a round table discussion. In, right. in a, people like to have fairly intimate moments, maybe up to four, rarely mm-hmm. more in terms of how they are conversing, how they're mm-hmm. conversing and how they're sitting. And in, 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 so, so I think of it in terms of like, where can there be those moments? Can there be some transitional spacing? So where maybe like in this living room, I think you probably saw there's a, there's a a tete a tete sofa oh, that love it yes it's kind of, and what's kind of cool about that is it's it's actually divides the room literally in half so it's it's to the right of the fireplace but it's really I don't know if it, mathematically it's exactly the center but more uh-huh. or less it kind of bisects dissects the room but because it's a tete a tete it presents to either direction there's an there's a it's not discrete in other words there's not three separate seating areas there's three seating areas that have a like mm. a little a movement or a flow between them. And that is mm. the fun part to start to create that. Cause then I start to feel that potential flow and movement. And then that starts giving way to like the energy of the room and other fun things you're going to want to do color or otherwise that mm-hmm. makes sense of that, that interplay. And then what happens? So you, you've got, you kind of organize the space in your mind and then wh- how do you take off from there? Or is okay, that when so it starts to get different for every project? I'd say I take, Cues and clues from my clients to start. So first thing is like, well, they bought this house. What do they like about the house? Mm-hmm. What don't they like about the house? In this case, for the husband, more so for the wife, they, the wife being that she didn't like the darkness, the, the more heavy uh, 
that old English vibe. She appreciated it, but she didn't want it to feel like an old English home. Right. I would say her husband was more of a purist. He's like, he bought this house. He wanted to elevate its natural bones. He wanted to give respect to its vintage and all that stuff. I think. Right. So that's where I start to think about, you know, certainly what I, I, the direct question is, what are your favorite colors? What are the colors you don't like? People can usually answer those pretty quickly or, and then I'll ask some questions around that. But after that, I start to ask less questions and I start to trust my instinct as far mm-hmm. as what I'm going to just kind of bring into the mix. And I, and I, I'm, I'm all for the big, the big reveal. I don't say, what do you think about this fabric for this, for some supposed sofa? I'll say, what do you think of this room with all these fabrics, with these different furniture pieces, which I'll illustrate their look, whether it be through images or drawings or both. And I give them the full storyboard of the room because everybody comes initially with suggestions and they want to be helpful, but they also don't want to, you know, they don't want to stop me from being creative and come up with something better than they could because then what's the point of me? Right. So, um, you know, so it's, I, I kind of go in there with the, with, and, and I'll take some bold, I will definitely, I'm comfortable being bold, not just in the look, but really like pushing people to look at something that I know that they probably never looked at before. Um, if I, if I think it's appropriate to the design, you know, something that's more dramatic or larger scaled or just something that you're certainly not going to go see in every store. Can can you, I just want to pick that apart a little bit. What, how would you describe those, that presentation to them? What, what are they seeing? We'll be back after a quick break. I assume you're here because you want a one of a kind personality filled home, right? Well, in order to have that, you need to define and develop your signature style. When you do that, you're going to understand how to mix what you already have with new things you find, focusing on who you are and what you love, putting it all together in a cohesive way. So what's stopping you? Well, let me know if this sounds about right. Not enough time, not enough money, and a lack of creativity or design knowledge, which makes you feel overwhelmed and insecure about pulling the trigger and changing things up. This is why I created the Slow Style Society, to help you take action on making your dream home a reality. It's part social club for people who like to just geek out on design and part hands-on learning experience where you get better and better at making decor decisions for each room in your home. And for the next few weeks, I'm offering all new members an additional one-on-one style session with yours truly. So I'll take you through the lessons so you know exactly what to focus on inside the Slow Style Framework in what order, and you'll have a personalized support system from me to get you there. Go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society so we can get started right away. Let's not wait for that imaginary perfect time to create your beautiful, meaningful home. Again, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society. Okay, back to the episode. So they're they're seeing, this is always a, you're asked like what steps repeat, yeah. you know, versus maybe where they divert. It's always the same. And I do this because I need it. I need to like kind of examine the design from a few different angles to feel like I got it. Like mm-hmm. I'm ready to, I'm ready to go. I've already vetted a lot of the details. So my storyboards are not just a story. They're really, maybe storyboard is the right word to say the truth. It's more, this is the design as presented with 
a scaled furniture plan, uh, elevations that analyze how the furniture presents. Mm. I'm already thinking about scale of artwork and I present all this. So I, I want to see where the height of the lamp measures up to the height of the sofa relative to, is it a single large piece over the sofa or is it going to be a series of prints? Yeah. All of that is illustrated so that it's, it's a real map. It's a real blueprint of what I want to do. Sure. It's, it, I really want it to be about the creative, about getting people excited that, that this is like, there's magic happening. There's a special sauce that they, um, I, if they hired me, if they have hired me that they're going to get, nothing is ever by rote. Right. Every design, every design is different. And that's absolutely the fun part for me is right. to see that it's limitless, you know? Well, let, let's let's dive into some specifics here, because the way I think of this conversation, the rest of the conversation is being almost like a masterclass. How did you do that? Why does this work? And I'm hoping you can kind of break that down for us. First up is a, a penthouse near Lincoln Center, Midtown Manhattan. Yep. yep. And, and I want to talk about the den with this incredible wallpaper. Um and a side note here, with all of your spaces, one of the things that comes to mind is that if you looked at the elements separately, I think for some people, it could be hard to imagine them working in any setting because some of them are kind of out there. Um, and some You might not even like them at all individually, right? But it's the way yeah. you've combined them that I think makes them look outstanding. So, So this is a great example of that. In this in this photograph, I'm looking at a den. It's got really strong graphic lines between the wallpaper and the carpet. You've got you for color, brown, navy, acid yellow, materials. It's a small space, and yet you've got leather, velvet, glass, green marble, wood, brass, probably something I'm missing. And somehow it doesn't look like a crazy, you know, out of control carnival. It 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 really works. To the point where it actually looks like the kind of space I could kick my shoes off in. So even though it's got all these formal elements, it you know velvet and and that wallpaper and the and the marble top, it looks like I can totally put my feet up on those little coffee tables. So well, how, how yeah, and how how, how does that work? <laughs> you know what? I don't like, I'm just not scared to throw a lot of stuff into the kitchen sink or, okay. and, and so, so the question is, how does it how does make it work? I think you have to know instinctively um, how things will scale together. So if I'm going to do, like say the wallpaper, the rug reiterates the wallpaper on a basic level, but it doesn't imitate it. So I didn't like reproduce the print of the wallpaper right. on the rug, but they both, as you said, they have a sort of a geometric repeating graphic mm-hmm. form. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously different materials, but the color scheme is largely aligned. So if you have certain things that are repetitive to each other, mm-hmm. there's room to then diverge. So in this case, you got the colors are similar. The geometrics are similar. The repetitive pattern is similar, yeah. so, you know, and then, then I let it kind of go from there. Um, so, so those kind of balance each other. So by adding the set, it's almost like a little counterintuitive, but like by adding in two of one, two versions of one element, gives is better than just having one yeah if that makes sense it, there, yeah there's a little validation going on there and because we're also now the other part of that is i i chose to put them on the largest fields of the room right the walls right and the floor the walls right. and the floor. they're not on little pillows yeah we're talking you're immersed and, in it. 
we are immersed. So that's the skin. So right away in a small mm. room, you know, you've got something with a little like depth that then will hold the rest of the room. So mm. um, the the leather and the blue, you know, I I want again. If you go back to the zebra wood um, cabinetry, it gives you a little based on the color of it, mm-hmm. which is not in the picture. It gives rise to why I chose a kind of a caramely leather. Is it? Yeah. Car- I actually got to look at my own pictures. Well, it's. I think the brown part is is velvet, and then the leather is the navy. I got, I got it backwards. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking at the pictures. Right. So, like, you got wood. Well, you can see even even in the round tables, that's close enough. Like, right. The the the, mo- the that really plush mohair is is reminiscent of wood. Mm. And that's where that comes from. At that tone, yeah. that yes. that's already there. The blue is just kind of obvious because there's a lot of blue tones in the wallpaper. And yeah. then, you know, there's certain things that generally resonate in the in, I wanted the room to feel luxe and very plush and very clubby and yeah. comfortable so I I went for fabrics and materials that have a tra- in a traditional sense fulfill those the leather right. does that the it's, clubby it's very feel thick. yeah yeah the clubby feel they're very thick um uh mohair velvet which mm-hmm. is you know, there's, there's, there's mohair and there's mohair. I mean, this, 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 <laughs> this is, you know, mohair. <laughs> this is the real stuff. And boy, does it feel like it. And if you can even yeah. see the sheen, it brings in, the, it, it reflects light the special way. So then you've yes. got, you know, the, it, the, the, it's interacting with the light. And then you, you commented on the chartreuse or the acid yeah. yellow pillows. So I don't, the vase too. You, yeah, the vase too, right? So those accent colors, that, that's a good example of, something that I like to employ in a lot of my designs, which is a call it's like an outlier. Mm-hmm. And I know is gonna be it's it's that special something that's gonna take the room from really pretty to really special. Yes. And there's a mathematical balance to it that I can't mm. I can't I can't write for you the formula, but I do trust that when you get the elements of scale, texture, color, well balanced, there's a lot of room there. They have yeah. many notes. I'm just used to metaphors, I guess. Um, there's, there's room for many, many. I love music, by the way. I, I love music. And that's a big part of my life. So one thing I tell you, music, and I see no difference in design, is like you can have a melody uh-huh. that has, I don't know, eight notes. And that, that can be a beautiful melody that everybody can sing or hear or remember. Give it to a jazz artist. Yeah, they're gonna find like thirty-two other notes <laughs> in and around it, but they right. but you'll still recognize the melody, right? Like, oh, I love that it, metaphor. It's, it's it's a real, and so I'm like, let's go for the thirty-two notes because that's more fun. That's yeah. like that's at least my style. I'm not saying yes. I don't respect somebody who can work in three notes and create amazing magic. I'm not a. I appreciate minimalism. I'm not over the top, but I'm I'm not I'm not a minimalist by my nature. Like something mm-hmm. just somewhere between. You know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think you got to know also when to stop. <laughs> when right. You like when you've overdesigned something. I like to think we don't go there. Um, uh, but I think I, I kind of want to take you right. You know, push push that envelope a little bit so that there are some some magic and some exciting things happening that would not be expected. And that that's I think fun. That gives yeah. a little that that's more the icing on the cake. That um, even if the cake is delicious, I still want that little extra. Exactly. It's like, it's like adding, you know, um, you're, you're cooking and it's just for yourself. And so I don't know, it's something like tortillas with, you know, mashed beans and something or whatever. But if you take the time to add the chopped uh, cilantro to the top, just at the end as a garnish, you know, it, it, it puts the dish over the top. It's fine without the cilantro. It'll still taste great. The cilantro doesn't you know, change the flavor makeup, but it, 
it's that detail that makes you go, oh, this was a special meal, even though it's only a Definitely. Tuesday night. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And it's yeah. Like, oh, doesn't that be like a wild stretch? It's just like, yeah, like it might be the difference. Like you said, cilantro, no cilantro. So yeah. Yeah, I, I go for the cilantro. Right. And maybe a few other and, and the nuts and a few other a few other uh, delectables. <laughs> right. Maybe a little squeeze of lime as well. Just yeah, you know absolutely. Yeah, for brightness. <laughs> right. You gotta keep it bright and, and energetic. Like the, the last thing is like I like there to be energy in my room, even yeah. though I want them to feel centered and, and comfortable. Yeah. So, you know, that that's also I'm like, well, you know, if I I, I kind of know instinctively if I feel a room is like not done. All right. So let's, let's go back to that Gothic revival home that I mentioned earlier. I want to start just by asking you about the foyer. The walls are wrapped in this heavy, deeply paneled floor to ceiling, dark oak. And I think you mentioned this at one point, it's, it's very old English, you know, very, it's formal. It's, it's, um, it's heavy. It's dark. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of gravitas, right? It's built into this home. And you lit up the ceiling by painting it this light, I would say kind of robin's egg blue, maybe a little bit lighter, lacquer. The whole ceiling is lacquered. It's bright and shiny. How on earth did you come up with that idea? I mean, I know ceilings, the fifth wall, you know, a lot of designers like to do stuff on the ceilings, but wow, Talk about an unexpected move. First of all, how did you come up with it? But second of all, what do you think it does for that space? Okay, so I would say that was a <laughs> definitely a collaborative idea between the client and myself, like right out of the gate. Um, they already knew that they liked lacquered surfaces. Okay? okay, so there was a discussion. She did not like the paneling. What can mm-hmm. we do to change it without rip mm-hmm. it out? She, you know, but to make it lighter or brighter or just not feel like an old English house. And of course, because her husband he, did respect it. Like he was probably like, you're not touching it. This is so this old, it has history. We're not messing with it. Right. So you exactly, had two of literally, them. exactly, yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. That, this was the first, this was the first like design challenge. How are we going to you know, broker <laughs> right. this political um, this marriage dispute? And, yeah. Yes. And so, so there was a lot of talk around what, what could we do? You know, they, everybody loved blue. We can all agree on that. Let's go. For okay. Blue. So, and then there was, you know, romantic discussions about, or discussions about different ways to romanticize blue. Is it the Tiffany blue? Is it a Wedgwood mm. blue? Is it a, mm. is it a Dutch boy blue? Um, I think we kind of ended up on a Wedgwood blue. So the big discussion initially was, should we do something to the walls? I was in the camp of, hey, let's, you know, we don't have to rip the wood out. That'd be sacrilege, but let's paint the entire room in wow. the same lacquer blue. Um, wow. And we, and 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 the wife was on board with that. She really wanted that, and we actually got the husband on board huh. for about uh, let's say a week. Okay, <laughs> we, did one, we we didn't did one wall, and he just legitimately is like, I just can't. He's like, I can't. Wait a minute, you actually wood. did a wall? You all the way we to did. the lacquer? Yeah, we did. We did start wow. prepping all the wood, and they and and he pulled the pulled the plug on it, and that's beyond fine because you know everything happens as it should, as long as you believe that and give it space to develop. So uh-huh. in the end, we, we, we said, okay, let's just put resources into really like resurrecting the beauty of the wood, the luster of the wood, okay. the wood, etc. But let's make sure we keep this on the ceilings. Like the fact that it's reflective felt that it would bring in a, a, a certain dynamic to the room that is really missing. 
in mm. a dark wood English room. This one room is, you know, more of a darker room. And so the putting a highly reflective finish on the ceiling in any color, but especially one that everybody was excited about, the blue, even mm. if it wasn't on the wall, still great, created a like a much more kind of playful, glamorous, modern detail, the reflective mm-hmm. light, while still leaving the wood paneling. So you've got two worlds, I don't want to say colliding because that has a different impression, but two worlds coming together. So again, the more glam mm-hmm. forward notion of the lacquer, that very like nail yep. polish or car, car paint lacquer, right? Uh, juxtaposed the wood paneling. And then once that was established, it's like, okay, all we really need to do is just like pick a few more details and have fun with the blue and the more modern take on how blue can be presented. And that's where we did like the ombre shades um, and a few other elements, but then we're not, not afraid to harken back to what the house is and that room is, which again is more Gothic revival, old English. And so we brought that into some of the furniture but in more playful ways. So the, the center table is has a very heavy scrolled leg. The yeah. chair, the chair um, that's kind of in the little library. The tufted, of yeah. The, you know, that is exactly what it looks like. I don't know what even style you would attribute to that. Um, but the fabric on it, which is actually a very beautiful, bespoke, traditional fabric. But mm-hmm. it's just, it's sort of like a fun, preppy version of it in the, <laughs> the hounds too. The hounds too. Right. So, you know, we just kind of brought some of the elements to get a certain uh, certain tra- traditional elements prevailing, other more modern elements prevailing, and let them kind of play together. And just really reinforcing the blue, the blue, the blue. Like that was the, we were religious to not bring in any other color in that space. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess to me, it, it's this, I can I can see it if the entire room was lacquered blue. Um, I mean, that would look fresh and unexpected and it would be fun. It would be very, very fun. And it would definitely say we are putting our our stamp on this. We are completely rethinking what a more traditional old English foyer would would be. But I feel like by just doing the ceiling, you're really saying we really respect the history and what's going on here. But this is this is who we are as this is who we are living in this house. And that yes. ceiling does all of that. Of course, it makes it happy and everything, but it also tells you so much about what you're going to experience as you walk through the rest of the house. Yeah, I think it was very that's well, well put because by doing that, we could have painted the ceiling blue. That's one thing, but the high gloss the lacquer, lacquer, yeah, it's the lacquer that really is a calling card. That's a preview to what is to come now along uh, keeping with this house for a second and, and we're just really curious as to your take on this this house in particular i mean all of them but this house in particular really is appointed so beautifully so tastefully the the i mean it kind of just oozes good taste which is sort of the new englander's way of saying money <laughs> and yeah. um you know uh, but what about the rest of us mere mortals? Like, can we ever have a house this beautiful without these kinds of appointments? I think you absolutely can have a version of it. hundred percent. Pick things that are, don't have a lack of respect for or are not in consideration of the actual architecture of the space. So if it's a mm. plain white box of an apartment, whatever that means, like, go with it. Lean into it. Don't ignore it. Now, I did say okay. earlier on that good art design can hide bad architecture. Right. That's that's true, but it's not about obliterating the architecture. It's just fixing bad details, right? Okay. So a drapery at a window that goes floor to ceiling and wall to wall, 
can hide a bad paint job that you can't change or can make the window just yeah. look twice as large. So that's, that's more what I mean. Right. So can mere mortals, I consider myself a mere mortal because my house, I think for me equally is beautiful, but it's my, my taste. And it's frankly done on a different type of budget. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Just so much good design. We're really blessed now. Mm-hmm. We collectively, so much, there's such an emphasis on design that there's, mm-hmm. you know, with research, especially there's so much out there online or in stores or vintage version, different versions of vintage. There's Etsy. I mean, I'm such an equal opportunity shopper. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> You just have to like, you know, like be bold in your viewpoint, look for things that really are special and appeal to you and hopefully aren't routinely or commonly seen. Just mm-hmm. stick to source, just stick to sources that, you know, you can afford and, and, yeah. and don't settle. Like you can settle for simple things. You know, you don't need everything to be fabulous. Sometimes a very simple, plain piece. And I mean, this sincere, like from Ikea mm-hmm. can absolutely 100% deliver as mm-hmm. much as a very expensive piece. As long as I'm mixing everything, as long as I don't right. want my house to be from Ikea or from West Elm or from one store ever. There's no creativity in that for me uh, or for my clients, but I'm, I'm not shy to use very low end price right. point items. If it feels fills the bill and lets my dollar stretch further. And and that's how I think, you know, the average Joe should approach it. Well, it sounds to me like you're talking about educating yourself, like the value of knowing a a style, its evolution, how it's come to be. And then the styles that came after it that referenced it and, and also just getting to know craftsmanship and, you know, so that when you are running into a sofa at a vintage store that's, you know, you actually know what to look for and whether or not it is well-made or, you know, what style it is. And, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, education takes time and, and it takes a level of interest for just, you know, regular people if they want to know. But um, I mean, people who listen to this show, we're all passionate about design so that, that we want to be educated, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I do think yeah. that that goes a long way to making, helping you make good choices when you've got a limited budget. And as you said, it's relative. Everyone has a limited budget. It's just how many zeros are behind the number. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You're right. Before we continue with the conversation, I want to jump in here for a minute and introduce you to my slow style approach to creating a home you love. Just like it sounds, slow style means taking your time and letting your home evolve by responding to what's going on in the rest of your life and reflecting who you are and who you want to become. Now, I know that sounds really abstract, but I don't want you to think that slow style means you're just waiting around for inspiration to strike. I know you need practical, hands-on ways to actually develop your signature style. And that's what I'm passionate about, taking the mystery out of creative thinking when it comes to design and helping you define what your dream home actually looks like. And the best way to start is to get really clear on what your style is. Now, I'm not talking about style categories like I'm farmhouse or I'm boho. I'm talking about a one-of-a-kind definition that is very specific to who you are. And we've got a blueprint that will help you do just that. It's our free style guide. I'll walk you through some questions and get you thinking about how you want to show up in your home. Just go to littleyellowcouch.com and click on the free style guide button right there on the homepage. I can't wait to see what you come up with. And I'm going to ask you, so don't be surprised when we start having a back and forth conversation about your home. I'm all in and I hope you are too. All right, let's get back to the episode. <laughs> 
All right. So, so the last three photos that, that I wanted to talk with you about are all from the same home. And they are, it's like one room after another. It's just more and more stunning. And, and what, what I kind of wanted to pull out was the flow between one room and the next. I mean, you can look at each room individually and when we can and we will, and we should talk about some stunning um, details, but also I don't want to forget that I want to talk about that kind of story arc between all three rooms. So, so let me just very quickly say it's the one from Montclair, New Jersey. Um, I believe the rooms are adjacent to one another and uh, it's a, it's a, uh, it looks to be a living room, a dining room, and a, I guess I would call it a sun porch. Mm-hmm. So describe them for yeah. us and, and then tell us sort of your, 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 your own kind of storyline that you had running through these three very distinct rooms. Um, this is actually my own home. Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, I did not yeah. know that. Oh my gosh. My, yes, it's my own home. So, <laughs> okay. that, so you're going to okay. get the really, the real insights. Oh, good, 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 good. Great. Uh, right. So, um, boy. Uh, well, clearly, I love it. So, <laughs> well, thank you very much. So, just to orient you, I think it's important. As you mm-hmm. look at the living room, you're looking out to the front of the house. That big picture window looks mm-hmm. to the front of the house. If you were to do a 180, you'd be yep. looking at the dining room. If we look yep. at the dining room to the right, there's an opening. And then as you look through the window to the left in the dining room, you are looking at an interior window between the dining room and the sunroom. Yeah. So visually, there is a connection between all three. Okay. Um, that's important. And in fact, then when you look out the back <clears throat> all the way through to the living room, you can see from the living room to the front yard because mm. of the way those rooms are set up. The living room sofa, the mm. club chairs, um, the little slipper chairs of the silver chrome leg that are in front mm-hmm. of the piano, um, the very funky, tall lamp, the ottoman in the living room. Yeah. I'm just naming a few things. That's about it. Those are the pieces that I brought from our old home, um, okay. which I had had, they were all custom made good pieces and I liked them as they were. So I didn't want to change them, but that the exception, excuse me, was this two, two slipper chairs I reupholstered. Okay. Um, okay. So I had a couple of reference points to start, which was the, the deep cobalt blue um, and the black and white ottoman and, that's, and the yellow pillows. And I was okay. not, not tired of them at all. So I did have a starting point with those and the color scheme um, really evolved around some of those immediate pieces that I had. And I just, you know, reemphasized it with the really deep cobalt window shears mm-hmm. and then the vintage yellow kind of golden yellow club sure. chair. So I, or I had that already. So kind of reemphasized that with the black and white on the speckling on the, on the rug, the big yeah. rug. So those elements were kind of how I designed the living room. That was sort of the genesis, at least the color scheme and the and the sort of the mod mid-century swanky yeah. feeling, which I always personally love. I just that just makes me feel happy. It's like I I that's just like I want to put on music that I, I want you to want have a cocktail. A, yeah. A cocktail in the martini glass. I just love that. Right. That's a fun, <laughs> that's a fun era that I relate to. And then the dining room was sort of an extension of some of those colors, but I did have another starting place, which was the iconic piece of artwork over mm. the dining table. That's mm-hmm. a painting of a movie still with Steve McQueen and Jack Lewis. And mm-hmm. I've had that painting for years. And so, you know, it already had some of the elements of colors and things that I wanted, but I also I wanted to be playful again. So the wallpaper, which is a complete departure, is actually an old English print, uh, but mm. has just kind of has all the same colors again, but in, they're, right. they're reinterpreted in a very different way. And and so it's it's about that. It's like picking certain elements, colors, and, and motifs, and either 
you know, spinning one off the other. So the right. colors might be the same, but the motif changes to something unexpected. Um, and, and then that's sort of like what happens with the sunroom. I think I picked the least represented color in the dining room and the living room, which was a lighter turquoise. And that became primarily the signature color of that room. Right. With all that wood, wood paneling, which was existing, which we just darkened. So it's kind of like finding these elements and toss, as imagine their balls, you're tossing them in the air. That's a metaphor that makes sense. And right. that's, that's, that's how I think you get something that has flow, mm. but distinction. I like, I'm not a fan of any home, no matter how beautiful the rooms are going are, where I go through the rooms and I can't really remember shortly thereafter a good distinguishing, mm. you know, what distinguish, what distinguish them. Yeah. Um, I, I think flow makes people feel good when there's flow in lots of aspects of our life, not the least design. Yeah. People feel good. People feel good as they experience it. I right. don't feel great if things become too static or too re- repetitive. Yeah. I think what's what's so delightful about these three rooms is that the color, without you realizing it at first, or at least without, you know, if an untrained eye, may not be able to say, oh, it's the color that, that is, that is kind of tying the rooms together. There's a color story there, but, but you feel that in your bones, but the rooms themselves are so distinctive. And I guess it's because there are, there are objects or features of each of these rooms that are in of themselves kind of uh, showstoppers in a way. Um mm-hmm. And and I think that that you've highlighted each of them so beautifully. I mean, I mean, the dining room, the coffered ceiling is awesome, but you didn't, you really didn't highlight that that much. It's really more that wall where the wallpaper is. And I'm just now noticing as I'm looking at it that actually, so it's an accent wall. Um, mm-hmm. but then one wall to the right of it is is like a whiteish or like a, a in the white family, and then the the other wall to the left of it is this kind of dark moody blue i assume um i mean nobody does that nobody has one accent wall and then one you know adjacent wall is one color and the other adjacent wall is a different color i mean nobody does that and it, it you don't even notice it like it just kind of fades away because it's tying these two rooms together so it doesn't feel like this weird choice it it just feels like it's helping with the whole flow from living to dining to sunroom um that, you said something earlier, which I thought was great, because it is exactly what I want to infuse my designs with, which is less that everything that is great, look at me, I'm great, uh-huh. more that, it's, that there is subtlety that is important that people may not pick out, nor mm. do I want them to pick them out. I mean, they might if it's of interest, like you are interested in your analyzing, mm-hmm. and that's, but I don't want people to sit in my room and just necessarily <laughs> yeah. be distracted by trying to figure out well, what they do here. Yeah. I just care about what the experience or the feeling is. Right, uh, and right. That, and, and so, so yes, you'll pay attention to the bold, fun stuff because I think there are moments where you want things to be bold and take center stage and hold the room. Right. And feel like, you know, feel iconic, such as that painting or such as that, even the backdrop wall, the accent wall. Yeah. Um, and there's other elements that you want to just kind of respectfully and confidently kind of retire and, and be there and play mm. an essential, essential role, but not, stand up and say look at me right i mean the dining room right. to me also the is balance like, yeah <clears throat> yeah the balance of like dining room is like usually the place where you have like fun dinners and you know it's like sitting around yeah. so like why not why not have something that's a little 
bolder and and because the dining room is a destination exactly like, there's, oh there's, yes there's an, there's, an, there's an event there right so it can handle to have something maybe a little stronger and iconic mm. whereas like a sunroom like at the end of the day the sunroom is the sunroom because and it's almost all glass and you're looking outside so it doesn't need as much yeah it's it's the it's the sum of all of the parts i guess i i feel like and i guess that's why i wanted to talk to you about all three of these rooms at once is that they they build on each other. There's a there's this narrative that's going through so that each new room that I opened, you know, and of course I'm looking at it on a computer. Um, so each photo mm-hmm. I opened, it was like, oh, 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 wow. It, it just kept it just kept building. And and I guess that that's getting back to what you've said so much today is about what people are experiencing. Like what are they literally feeling as they walk into a room? And one last thing I want to say before I wrap this up with my final question, um, it's, not, it's not really a question, it's just a comment, which is that one of the things I absolutely love about your work is that I am not done looking at the space when I do my first scan. Um, I, I can't possibly take it all in in one scan. So I, in other words, there are these little details that I keep discovering and I think that to me is the hallmark of really fabulous design is when you're not done just by looking at it in one kind of fell swoop. Uh, that's well, that's wonderful. Thank you very, very much. It's a quite a compliment. And I, and I, I hope that's the case. I, you know, I think there's depth. I want there to be depth because we are deep people mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we are complicated people. That's Wait. great. I'm glad that that's how you, you see my work. I really appreciate that. Well, well, that it does lead me into my final question because you you kind of just hinted on it about what style can do for us. Why does style matter? God, there's so many ways I could answer this. So I'm, yeah. I'll try to be like I'll try to sound smart. And, <laughs> I just I feel like it just is the it's it matters because it gives you the opportunity to take the mundane and make it so much better. I think mm. style starts with something that what an individual can bring to a common experience. You know, mm. we all have to wear clothes. We all have to wear clothes. We all have to, when we're tired, we have to sit down mm-hmm. when we're, um, you know, when we all more or less need to have four walls and a roof over us, but mm-hmm. those occupy such big parts of our life in terms of time and experience that the style matters and style gives us the opportunity to take those events and make them much better and more shareable. Like the, I know this, like when you dress stylishly, whatever that may be, yeah. you're doing it for, for two reasons and for two audiences, you're doing it for yourself <laughs> and you're definitely doing it for somebody to look at you and, mm-hmm. and to have an, an exchange of energy. And I always like look at some people and I'm very, very, very observant and I try not to judge, but it's not easy to see like, what the hell are they wearing? <laughs> but then the other part, but, but the other thing that comes into my head is like, but they tried, they actually yeah. thought of like more than just stepping out of bed and showing up as though they, you know, none of it matters. They right. tried. So like that actually like puts a smile on my face. They actually, right. they were like, I want to give a call. I want to say something about myself and to the world about whatever, whatever. And, right. and so that's, I think that's, that's where style is for me. And it's, it's, it's limitless. It's limitless. Mm-hmm. It's also, it's not a box to be checked. It's, it's a way to express mood and again, to have an interaction with people and just to take something basic that could remain basic if not not elevated to something much bigger and more exciting and that mm. is exciting to me 
I thought that was beautifully said. And, and I feel like your designs evoke this feeling of pleasure seeking in my mind. There's so much pleasure that I imagine having, and these rooms are set up right for a fabulous meal, fabulous glass of wine, listening to terrific jazz they're set up for that so that's it that's it yeah that's it yeah rooms that go unused unoccupied i think they they leave a little sadness in my heart like i (laughs) think like you know like make it just do something you know and 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 they're meant to be used and enjoyed and 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 so big big or small expensive or not i don't think anybody should be exempt from that experience if they desire if they know Mm -hmm. you know it's an option an option for them so dream a little bit like be inspired, try things out. Don't feel that you need to have great wealth to live wealthy and well. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't. Mm -hmm. Again, beautifully said. Andrew, thank thank you you so much. This was so much fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Wonderful. It was easy and fun and I could keep going and I'm sure you could too, but thank (laughs) you. Thank you for the time allotted. I really appreciate it. And and your deep interest in design and and giving a voice to people who want to explore and talk about it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Okay, I hope that was helpful and inspiring. Do check out our website, littleyellowcouch.com, where you can see photos and links from this episode, learn about my slow style approach to design, and grab your free style guide to get you started on your signature style today. Have a great week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.